0: Welcome back to Alger Assembly of God. We are continuing in our process as we work our way through the entire book of Joshua. And it's been, uh, it's been an awesome study in a series as we preach and teach our way through God's Word. Uh, we have seen how the uh, Israelites were rescued out of Egypt. God had brought them across the Jordan River, helped them to conquer the mighty city of Jericho, They took part in Ai, and they faced the Gibeonites, and conquered many different kings and lands. And in our last number of weeks together, we've seen how God has now divided up the land, and we've seen how each of these tribes have received something from the Lord. So this morning, I'm going to invite you to turn with me to Joshua chapter 20. We're going to be looking at Joshua chapter 20 and 21. Chapter 20 is rather short, and it deals with uh, cities of refuge. We're going to be reading that entire chapter. And uh, then chapter 21 deals with towns for the Levites. So we're thinking, okay, cities of refuge and towns for the Levites, they they seem somewhat similar but maybe very different. We're going to see how these themes really unite together under a a common theme. And so we're going to be looking at the entirety of chapter 20 and then portions of chapter 21. This morning, we're going to be reminded about a powerful truth that God provides what He promises. Now, I'm going to have to have you help me out with that. So I need you to repeat after me. Are, are you guys ready? Say it good and loud, good and strong, so you can hear yourself on the podcast. Here we go. God provides, God provides. What, he what He promises. God provides. What He promises. What he promises. So that's what we're looking at. Joshua chapter 20 and 21. Though chapter 20 deals with these so-called cities of refuge, and chapter 21 deals with towns set aside for Levites, seemingly different, we're going to see the theme is that God provides exactly what He promises. So I trust that you're already there. Joshua chapter 20 And the beginning in verse 1, Then the Lord said to Joshua, Tell the Israelites to designate the cities of refuge as I instructed you through Moses. Stop right there. So the Lord is speaking to Joshua, and he's uh, giving some kind of a teaching as well as reminders of what's already taken place. Now understand, as God brought them out of Egypt and uh, they were about ready to go into the promised land, and they spied out the land. We've talked about that before a number of times. Twelve spies, ten said we can't do it, two said we can, Joshua and Caleb. But the ten, the majority won. The Israelites said we can't do it, and because of that lack of faith, because of that lack of trust, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And God said you would wander one year for every day that you spied out the land. They Spent 40 days spying the land. That turned into 40 years wandering in the wilderness. And God was waiting until this brand new generation took place and took shape. Everyone 20 years and older had passed away outside of Joshua and Caleb. And now this younger generation was up. God was ready to bring them into the promised land. Now, no doubt they had heard some of these things, But for many of them, they are hearing it directly for the first time. So it's a mixture of teaching and instruction combined with some reminder of what's already taken place in the past. So he said, as I instructed you through Moses. They're bringing to mind that, yes, years ago, God had instructed them through Moses. We talked about these things called cities of refuge. But now at this particular point in time, God's speaking Through Joshua saying, we're going to set up, we are now going to do these cities of refuge. Now, we're going to jump back and forth. And so on the screen, our very next uh, portion there, we're going to see a bunch of different scriptures. And so we're going to kind of work our way through many of these as we read through in Joshua chapter 20. We'll jump back through a couple of other scriptures and kind of uh, bring our minds to it. So in Exodus chapter 20... God gave the Ten Commandments. The very next chapter in Exodus chapter 21, verses 12 and 13, it says this. And you can go ahead to the next slide, please. Anyone who strikes a person with a fatal blow is to be put to death. However, if it is not done intentionally, but God lets it happen, they are to flee to a place I will designate. Flee to a place... I will designate. That is the city of refuge. So even back as early as Exodus chapter 21, God is speaking, God is teaching, God is giving these instructions about the cities of refuge. In Numbers chapter 35, uh, verses 6 through 34, it's a long passage that teaches about this. We'll highlight just one of them. Verse 6 reads like this. Six of the towns you give the Levites will be cities of refuge to which a person who has killed someone may flee. So Numbers chapter 35 addresses the issues that Joshua 20 and 21 deal with. It's the combination of setting aside cities of refuge and it's a combination of setting aside towns for the Levites. So Numbers chapter 35 discusses that. Moses' final words to the Israelites in Deuteronomy chapter 19 reiterate the same thing. So whether it's Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, God has been speaking and instructing the Israelites about what they would do. So now Joshua chapter 20, he's saying it's time to do this. We're going to set aside cities of refuge. So Joshua chapter 20, you're going to want to keep your... uh, Bookmark there, keep your thumbprint in Joshua chapter 20 as we go back and forth. Joshua chapter 20, verse 3, he says, So that anyone who kills a person accidentally and unintentionally may flee there and find protection from the avenger of blood. Stop right there. Doesn't that sound like a superhero movie? Now, this is not Marvel's Avengers This is the avenger of blood that he's talking about here. Avenger comes from a, a Hebrew word that literally means the next of kin. And so the penalty here for murder was death. And the family of the lost loved one basically had this opportunity or right to put someone to death who took someone's life. There was the Kind of the old language and and old biblical day concept of lex talionis, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, life for life. So, you know, if this was done to me, I will do this towards you. It was some of that concept in biblical concept there. They did not have the, uh, the Israelite police. They did not necessarily have the Israelite jail system or legal system. And so there was this avenger of blood. So if if you lost a loved one to murder, if you lost a loved one and, and they died and you're not sure whether it was intentional or whether it was unintentional, this avenger of blood, they're out and they're seeking to take out somebody from your family. And so he's saying, if you kill someone accidentally and unintentionally, you can flee to the city of refuge and find protection. So they're drawing the distinction here between the accidental death, we might today call it more manslaughter, and the intentional death of taking somebody's life, murder. The city of refuge would be for the accidental death. From the very beginning, this this concept, the, the eye for an eye, life for a life, Genesis chapter 9, verse 6, says, Whoever sheds human blood, by humans shall their blood be shed. For in the image of God has God made mankind. So back from the beginning, there's been this, this thought, there's been this concept, a life is taken, another life would be taken, and God's teaching that if something is done, but it's done accidentally, it was not done intentionally, there would be this city of refuge in a number of them where that person could go to to receive protection. So Joshua chapter 20, verse 6, as we head back to our text, he says, When they flee to one of these cities, they are to stand in the entrance of the city gate and state their case before the elders of that city. Then the elders are to admit the fugitive into the city, provide a place to live among them. If the avenger of blood comes in pursuit, the elders must not surrender the fugitive because the fugitive killed their neighbor unintentionally and without malice aforethought. They are to stay in that city until they have stood trial before the assembly, until the death of the high priest who is serving at that time. Then they may go back to their own home in the town from which they fled. So we're seeing in, in these several verses, we're seeing this process. If something happens and you kill somebody unintentionally, here's what you do. You flee to a city of refuge. So we're about to see, there will be six of them scattered throughout. You stand at the entrance to the city gate. You state your case. The elders, the leaders hear that. And if they determine that, yes, it's been unintentional, they admit you in. And if the avenger of blood who's been following you, tracking you, comes to that city, he would not be allowed entrance. You would receive protection until these other processive, uh, processes has taken place. So there is protection that is provided, yet understand there are some consequences you're leaving your area, your home, your land to flee to a city of refuge, you would have some safety, you would have some protection, but now you're, you're somewhat separated from your home, your land, but you would be alive and healthy. That is the process there. Continuing in verse 7, So they set apart Kadesh in Galilee, in the hill country of Naphtali, Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim, and Kiriath-Arba, that is Hebron, in the hill country of Judah. East of the Jordan, on the other side from Jericho, they designated Bezer in the wilderness on the plateau in the tribe of Reuben, Ramoth in Gilead in the tribe of Gad, and Golan in Bashan in the tribe of Manasseh. Any of the Israelites or any foreigner residing among them who killed someone accidentally could flee to these designated cities and not be killed by the avenger of blood prior to standing trial before the assembly. So we see that this land, this area, is set up. On the west side of the Jordan, there are three cities. On the east side of the Jordan, there are three cities. If you were to kind of look at that on the map, of the three to the west, you've got Kadesh in the north, Shechem in the middle, and Kiriath Arba, or Hebron, to the south. So they're being distributed rather evenly. On the east side of the Jordan, you've got Bezer, which is the first one mentioned, is on the south, Ramoth-Gilead in the middle, and Golan in the north. So as we see this being mentioned, it's north, middle, south, south, middle, north, six cities, Three on either side, north, middle, and south. They're trying to give as close of an opportunity for individuals to get to as possible. So we see these cities they're being set up. Uh, it's, it's been said by some of the different uh, biblical commentators. You know, we read about uh, the, the land and the promised land and. Uh, we're not sure whether this is like, uh, you know, Rhode Island-sized or Alaska-sized. We, we, we know this is the promised land. A uh, couple of different commentators that I came across uh, likened this to uh, about the size of Maryland. So go get your map out, look at the size of Maryland, but uh, roughly the size of Maryland is what they're looking at. So uh, you've got three uh, different cities of refuge on one side of the Jordan three on the other, but from wherever you are, if something took place accidentally, you could make your way there. So chapter 20, those are the entire nine verses saying, here's how you do it, here's what you do, and here are the processes now of these six cities of refuge. Now we jump into chapter 21, and it says, the family heads of the Levites... "...approached Eleazar the priest, Joshua son of Nun, and the heads of the other tribal families of Israel at Shiloh and Canaan, and said to them, "'The Lord commanded through Moses that you give us towns to live in with pasture lands for our livestock.' So, as the Lord had commanded, the Israelites gave the Levites the following towns and pasture lands out of their own inheritance." Now, we're going to test your your memory here. Last week, we looked at the fact that the land was divided up. Everybody received something. But remember, the Levites did not receive an inheritance as in they did not have territory. They did not have this, this large area as the other tribes had. Here's what they did receive in its place. They were promised that they would receive some towns... And pasture lands. They would receive portions of some of these food offerings that were brought. And they would have the privilege and the opportunity of being the priests serving in the priestly service. That would be the inheritance. Not this location, not this uh, area as a whole, but those items towns and pasture lands, the priestly service, and some of the food offerings. Numbers chapter 35, uh, the first several verses describe some of these instructions 40 years previous. So all of these are things that God had mentioned through Moses to the Israelites. So they would have towns set aside now, towns and pasture lands. Now we're not going to take time because there's another 40 some verses that describe what and where and how many these towns are. Let me give you the shortened version, so you can kind of read down through, and you'll see that they describe which uh, tribes give up which cities and and where they are. But in verses 4 through 42 in chapter 21, we see there's going to be a total of 48 towns, six of which are designated for the cities of refuge. So six cities of refuge, 42 towns now for the Levites. Each of the tribes, were contributing four, except Judah and Simeon, which gave nine, Naphtali, which gave three. And so the process is, chapter 20, we're going to make sure there are cities of refuge. Chapter 21, we're going to make sure that there are towns and pasture lands for Levites. So right about now, we're looking at you and you're thinking, okay, Pastor Mark, when are we going to get to the whole God provides what he promises thing? Because some of you, your minds are spinning. You're, You're hearing towns and cities and refuge and murder, and you're thinking, what in the world? Thanks for hanging on. God provides what He promises. Number one, God knows what we need. We spent all this time looking at chapter 20 and all of these Cities of refuge, all this time looking at chapter 21 and the towns that were going to be set aside, and it emphasizes that God provides what he promises, and it reminds us that God knows what we need. In fact, God knows what we need well before we need it. God knows what we need well before we need it. All of these scriptures that we've been looking at, we'd read a few verses here of Joshua chapter 20, and we'd jump back maybe to Numbers or maybe to Deuteronomy. Or we've looked at a couple other scriptures. We've seen God's plan, we've seen God's promise in action. Years and years, in fact, decades ago, God said, Here's what we're going to do, here's what you're going to need. We're going to have cities of refuge. For people to flee to and we're going to have towns and pasture lands for the Levites God knows what we need the challenging part is we've got to trust him and we've got to trust the when and the where and the why and the how to know that God's got this timing Under control. Years ago, God said, we're going to have cities of refuge. But now is when God's saying, you're going to designate cities of refuge. Years ago, it was promised and forecast that they would designate lands, towns and pasture lands for the Levites to be in. But now it's taking place. God had promised to bring them land, and God did. God had promised cities of refuge, and God provided. God had promised towns for the Levites, and God is providing. God provides what He promises, and He knows exactly what we need. Now, as we look to this whole idea about cities of refuge, I'm not sure, as we were reading some of those verses Maybe you saw a little bit of a picture of what took place or what takes place as we come to Christ. Many scholars, many commentators, many pastors would look to this portion of Scripture as a little bit of a type of or foreshadowing of Christ. You see, God knows exactly what we need in that God provides a way out. If you were to accidentally... And there are in some of the scriptures, there are ways that describe how you might accidentally kill somebody. To to us, we think, well, how would you do something like that? If you were to accidentally kill somebody, you would certainly want some protection from the avenger of blood. God knows that we need a way out. The city of refuge was set aside and designated for safety and protection. God knows that you and I, need a way out and Jesus Christ is that way of safety and protection now what we read in the scripture is that we've got to come in fact it said you must flee to one of the cities you must run to this place here's where safety is here is where protection is Don't run to one of these other cities. It's not a city of refuge. Run to one of these six. Here's where you go for safety and protection. For you and I, safety and protection and rescue from the life of sin in our past. Where do we run? Where do we flee? Where do we turn? We turn to Jesus Christ. So God has provided the way out. There's mercy there. There's salvation there. There is grace there. We don't earn it, we don't deserve it, but God provides it. Then it says, as you flee there, you're to stand at the entrance and state your case. You're kind of admitting, you're confessing, hey, here's what happened. The elders hear your case. For you and I, we come and we confess our sins. We state what took place I know that I've done wrong, I know that I have sinned, will you cleanse, will you free and forgive me? 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. They could flee to the city, they could confess what took place, they would receive grace and mercy and protection. For you and I, we can turn to and run to Christ. We can confess. We can admit our sins. We, too, will be accepted and received. Joshua chapter 20 says they would admit this fugitive and provide the place to live there. They would welcome them in, provide that protection. John 6, 37 says, whoever comes to me I will never drive away. It's that opportunity to come to him to receive safety and protection in him. God knows exactly what we need. God's providing what these individuals needed in the Old Testament. God's providing exactly what you and I need through Christ. What's interesting here is they said that you must remain in this city, in this city of refuge. Refuge. He said, if you were to leave the city of refuge and the avenger of blood found you, in other words, you would be fair game for them. But you are safe in the city of refuge. You and I are safe when we, as Jesus says in the gospel of John, remain in him. What did Joshua chapter 20 say was taking place? Why did you need to stay in this city of refuge? Because he said the avenger of blood would be in pursuit. Do we have anybody that seemingly is in pursuit of you and pursuit of me on a daily basis? Jesus talked about the enemy. The enemy is out to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, he says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The avenger of blood is out to avenge. The enemy, Satan, is out after you and I. In the Old Testament, if they had fleed to the city of refuge, if they stayed there, there was safety, there was security in that city. For you and I, we can flee to Jesus Christ, confess and admit our sins, be accepted, be welcomed in, and we too are guided and protected if we remain in Him. There's an enemy on our trail Looking to seek to devour. So, this this idea, this concept of the city of refuge, God knew exactly what it was that they needed, and God knew it well before they needed it. How about these towns and and pasture lands for the the Levites? Chapter 21, it it gives a, a pretty lengthy and detailed process to say who gave what towns to whom and where. The Levites, remember, did not have a specific location as these other tribes. God could have said, here's what you get. I'm going to place you in this spot. He did not give them a particular spot, but they had towns and pasture lands all through this land. There would be the total of 48, six of which were the cities of refuge. Throughout each of these towns, the Levites would be there. They are the spiritual leaders, the priestly leaders, and they would teach and proclaim God's word to Israel. Let's just stop for a moment because it's a little foreign to us, right? Because I'm using this to preach from. I've got the word of God on here in however many languages, just like many of you do you've got a, multiple copies of the Word of God probably at home. We might not read every single copy, but I would venture to say most of us have many more than just one Bible at home. I've got a collection. I mean, I've got some, some Bibles from when I was a kid, some Bibles from when I was in Bible college, and then in the last 20-plus years of ministry, I've received some, I've requested some, some have my name on it, some don't. I would look to, to read through the Bible in and, and different versions or translations, and so I would look to buy or, or ask for as a gift a, a Bible in another version or translation so I could read it through. In the last number of years, obviously, with technology, through smartphones, through tablets, iPads, such as what I preach from, app called the Bible app, you have literally God's word in multiple languages, in multiple versions that will be read to you everywhere you go. So we have God's word with us at all times. And it's hard for us to remember a time when we didn't. For those of you who have a smartphone or a tablet or a computer that you use on a regular basis for God's Word, it's hard to imagine life without it. For those of you with paper Bibles and you've got one or two or three or a handful of them that you have read over the years, it's hard to imagine a time without it. But think about the Israelites think about the priests, the spiritual leaders, as God is speaking and giving of the laws and giving of his word, they don't have Bible apps. They don't have bound Bibles that they just copy and dis- distribute. The Levites, these leaders would have those. Not everybody would have their own personal copy of what God's word has to say. So these Levites, those spiritual leaders, the priestly leaders, they would have all of these towns and as they are scattered around the land of Israel, they would have the opportunity, people would be not very far away from a Levite town where they can hear and see God's word to be taught and proclaimed before them. See, God knows what we need. God knows that we need some Biblical teaching and examples in front of us. God didn't just say, here's the spiritual leaders and we'll shove them off to the side of Israel and hopefully you can see them at some point in time during your life. God designated 48 Levite towns in a space, again, we're talking about roughly the size of Maryland. So there's quite a few Levite towns around. God knowing what we need, God knowing and planning and preparing in advance. And all of these things and more, God knows what we need, and God provides what he promises. We took some time for our, our prayer needs and our prayer requests, and we can obviously, we can share them, and we can make them known God knows. God sees exactly what you're going through. God knows what today is like for you. God knows what this upcoming week is going to be about. God knows what this past week has already been about. Nothing that we face is taking God by surprise. Nothing that these Israelites were facing was taking God by surprise. God knows exactly what they need, and secondly, I want you to understand, God always comes through. God's providing what he promises. We've read all of chapter 20. We read the uh, initial couple verses there of chapter 21. That middle section, that big portion of chapter 21, it's all of the listing of all of the towns, all of the pasturelands, all of where they are. I want to encourage your attention to the very end of Joshua chapter 21. Verse 43, reads like this. So the Lord gave Israel all, everybody say all. all. The Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to give their ancestors, and they took possession of it and settled there. God came through. Verse 44, the Lord gave them rest on every, say it with me, every The Lord gave them rest on every side, just as He had sworn, just as He had promised their ancestors. You see, God came through. The next phrase says, not one, say it with me, not one, not one of their enemies withstood them. God came through. The Lord gave all, say it with me, all. The Lord gave all their enemies into their hands. God came through. Verse 45, not one, say it with me, not one, not one, not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed because God came through. And that last phrase, everyone, say everyone. Everyone, everyone. everyone Was fulfilled. Every what? Every promise he made. God comes through. God provides exactly what he promises. The Israelites received many promises over the years. And though it took some time, and though it took some waiting, and though it took some trusting, and though it took some stepping out in faith, God provided all he had promised. God came through. God did simply give some of some of his promises. That's for you and I to do, right? We make promises and maybe we can keep some out of some of our promises. You know, we we forget a few here and there and we maybe fulfill them incompletely here or there. That's you and I as humans We do some out of some of our promises. God is faithful to keep all of all of his promises. God was faithful in each of these ways with the Israelites, setting up cities of refuge, distributing towns for the Levites, providing safety for those providing teaching and wisdom and instruction and examples through the Levites. God knew exactly what they needed, and God came through. God provided exactly what he had promised. And in those last several verses, what did it say? It said he gave them land, he gave them rest, and he gave them victory. So God supplied them with things that they needed, God gave rest, God gave victory. Three pretty powerful categories of provision that you and I would love to receive from the Lord. God has many promises in his word for you and I. God has spoken to our hearts over the years with promises for you and I. And I'm here to remind and encourage that God is faithful. And God will provide what he has promised. That doesn't mean God provides all that we want. God provides all that we need. God provides all that he has promised. And he has promised a lot. He knows what we need. And God will always come through. It's by your heads and by your hearts as we conclude this morning. Different kind of message as we look at a, a couple different kinds of chapters Chapter 20 looking at cities of refuge and chapter 21 looking at distributing a whole bunch of towns and our first thought is, God, what would you have for us this morning? I believe God wants to encourage and remind you, encourage and remind me. God provides what he promises. He knows what we need and he always comes through.